You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're long tossing here on a Sunday, the 13th day of August. Had to track down Jeff Nelson, who's with us, Kyle Seeloff as well. Big weekend for Nelly. He's been taking up all the spotlight here. He's getting autographs on Saturday afternoon on the inside program, uh, the inside corner program, rather. And then he disappears right before we start to record. I had to find him eating some breakfast with the uh, with the Bally guys, Nell. Yeah, you know, I, was, I don't know if you call it breakfast. I don't even know if you call it chicken fingers. You know, it was like it was like a little bit of chicken and a lot of bread. Yep. You know, I had to eat something, and I I, I flipped the coin, and you know, risked risked my health. You know, by eating some of the food, so I had to, uh, you know, so I'd be able to do this. And I, I just lost, you know, I left my phone here. I know you were calling me. I have like 12, 15 missed calls from Steven. And you were going to answer, Kyle. How about you just not you telling me You could have answered yeah. it, seeing that it was Steven Strom calling yeah. and just talked to him. Because going. I looked well, around you everywhere. Right there. Did yeah, well, you panic a little bit, Steven? I did, because Kyle is very much a prompt person. Today he picked me up and he told me 10 o'clock. He shows yeah. up at 11. The last two days, I don't want to. I didn't want to get into this, but you're leading a horse to water. No, it's not. The last two days, I offered to pick Stephen up from his beautiful brand new apartment that's nearby to the ballpark here at an undisclosed location. What's it take? Like five minutes to walk, and you got to pick. Ten. You, yeah. Ten. Ten. It's hot though. I understand. It's, it's hot. hot so I'm trying to do the right thing. So right. today I gave him a 10 minute warning, and I pulled up to the front of the building, and it still took him five minutes to get outside. He told me 10 o'clock, be ready at 947. He's yes, here. but Stephen, I sent you a text message that strictly said I'll be there in 10 minutes. I then gave you a five-minute warning. I then told you I was pulling up, and you were still five minutes late outside. Let's focus on the problem, and that's Jeff Nelson for not showing up on time. Nelly, And FYI, as far apologize? as me signing autographs and all that other stuff, that happens no matter who's in town. That's Steven. right. No, because the Yankees – no, because the Yankee fans yes, are here, and it's ironic we had you on when you lost in 2003. I didn't have to. I, I bit the bullet. Uh, Nelly, this is a good time to pull out the four World Series rings, potentially, if he's going to really dig in on like you. Like I said, you know, one. I didn't – I wasn't uh, – you know, yeah, you hate to lose. And, I, you know, when I won the last four times, you figure, <laughs> yeah. okay, hey, we're going to go and we're going to win again. I, you know, we just had a different team. So I, I was disappointed in the loss. I wasn't totally disappointed that the Marlins won. They deserved to win. I mean, they beat us. But I was more disappointed in some of the guys on my team that didn't show up. Mm. It was a total different team than I, that I had. There were still some of the guys left. I mean, Jeter was still there, Posada, Rivera. You know, Bernie Williams was still there. So there were still some key members of that team. But some of the guys, especially some of the starters, just didn't show up. And that was disappointing. So if we had our teams that I won the four World Series with, the Marlins would have been swept. Ooh. And then okay. not a big deal. You lost. You went home and looked at yeah. your four World Series rings. And I got a JV looked, ring. I got four varsity and one JV. And you looked at your bank account JV. and said, I'm going to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into uh, at least Saturday afternoon's contest. We have a fun one here on Sunday. Again, we're recording on a Sunday. This is going to come out tonight, and you're going to have it on your Monday morning commute. But Sandy Alcantara was sensational yesterday. Complete game. Ten strikeouts. The Marlins needed a victory yesterday, especially with the upcoming schedule. But just your initial reaction, we'll start here with Nelly, uh, as far as Sandy Alcantara goes, and just a tremendous start yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I thought it was a good bounce back after Texas. Everybody got lit up by Texas. They're a great hitting team. 
And that's exactly what the Marlins needed. They needed to have someone stop the bleeding. They look at the schedule. Nobody, we can look ahead. They obviously know what's ahead of them as far as who they're playing. The Astros coming in tomorrow. Then you go out on the West Coast, face the Dodgers and the Padres. So you know the games that you must win. Yesterday was a must win, and Sandy was outstanding. I thought his sinker was had a lot of movement. Everything was down the bottom of the Ten zone. Ground balls. And uh, he had a great changeup. His changeup's at 92. When you keep it down, he's got a great sink. If he's on top of the baseball and keeps it below the knees, he had a lot of success. And yesterday he had a lot of success. And the only run he gave up was because of Angel Hernandez behind the plate. Didn't call strike three on McKinney. Kyle. I actually was thinking about this, and I'm a big proponent of guys that are currently on your roster and not digging your heels in at the deadline. Like, well, if he's really good in the second half, it's like a deadline acquisition. But I must say. Yeah, it's felt like that. This, this is a totally different Sandy. I mean, it really is. 4.72 first half year, right? 2.45 since the All-Star And his last four starts, he's got two complete games. Again, got roughed up by Texas. But to me, this is like they've added a totally different starting pitcher to the roster here in the second half if he's going to continue in some capacity to kind of pitch like this. I and mean, how much do they need him? Because you look at the rest of the starting rotation, and dire you know, need. you have guys that are reaching limits that they've never pitched before. Yep. You know, Lazardo was not great against the Yankees. How's he going to be going forward? He's going to see the Astros, a better hitting team than the Yankees. So they need that from Sandy. Yep. They've got to have him be really good down the stretch. What do you think, Nelly? Actually, no, Stephen, you do your thing. I almost just no, took this ahead. over. No, honey. go ahead. Kyle. I was actually just thinking about this this morning. Are, are the Marlins in a good position, do you guys think, if they can manage their way through the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Padres and get back home and take a take a breather? Like, are, are they in a good place if when we get home in a week and a half they're three or four games over still? I mean, that, going through this gauntlet? Because it's going to get a little easier in September, and they might be able to make some more hay there. A little, a little easier. You know, September still, they still have, I think, the second hardest schedule going forward in baseball. They're getting through it, though, here. They are, and you have to tread water. I think by the end of the month, the end of August, I think if they're three or four games over 500, I think they're sitting pretty well. I think so, too. And if, as long as the Padres, the Padres are one of those teams that they should, with their run differential, I still think it's like 60 or 50-some 50, 50 in the positive. With their run differential, they should be a lot better, obviously, than what they yep. are. If they continue to, hey, win two, give two back, win three, give three back, yeah. then the Marlins are looking even better. So the now Marlins, that I'm hosting, Stephen, your thoughts on that? No. So the Marlins have the sixth <laughs> toughest schedule in uh, in baseball. The and sixth. If you just look at the National League; it's also uh, the also uh, six as well. So, uh, 44 games left, and, I, and yes, I agree. I think if they come back to Miami, three or four games over 500, you look at that road trip with San uh, with uh, San Diego and the Dodgers, and I think, what do you think, three and three would be an awesome scenario for yep. for the uh, for the Marlins? <laughs> yep, because then they get home and they play the Nationals seven times in ten days. Right, and that's who, that's a team that the Marlins have dominated for the most part these last couple of seasons, and the Nationals are actually playing pretty good baseball yes, right now. Yes, they are. But you look at the easiest opponents, and that's what you have on the, uh, the MLB remaining schedule, right, and you see the easiest opponents. I put that in parentheses because you got six against the Mets, who you should take care of, Three against the Pirates, who aren't a bad team, and three against the uh, the Padres, who Nelly alluded to with the run differential. Some of the easiest opponents that you have, I mean, they're just not. The Marlins are not going to back their way into the playoffs. I said this to Susan Wallman this morning. 
it, you know, this isn't going to be a scenario where you look at the Minnesota Twins, you look at their division, and the Twins could back their way into the playoffs, meaning they don't have to earn it per se and have a great uh, win percentage towards the end of the season. The Marlins are going to have to do it. I mean, they're going to have to beat these teams, and they're going to have to earn their way into that wild card spot. Well, is, are the Cubs a surprise of the way they've played? I mean, they were supposed to be one of those trade deadline dumps, and they didn't. They kept they they kept uh, Bellinger. And Bellinger. Them. They might win the stinking Central. I mean, they you know they're they're looking good. They're two and a half out of the Central. Well, Cincinnati filled the three games back. Cubbies might win that National League Central. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you have Cincinnati. Cincinnati, to me, watching them against the Marlins, I, they don't really don't impress they me. Don't I don't pop, think they yeah. have the. I don't think they have the pitching. Uh, you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think they're a really good team, and all of a sudden they've lost. I think ten in a row. I, you know, it, it's just. I think, I think they won. They won yesterday, so they they snapped a nine game losing streak. They're a game under five hundred now. Yeah. That team. They were like two until last yesterday. You know what's interesting about that last wild card spot? It could be the best case scenario for the Marlins because they would play the Central. I mean, you look at the top two. That's a tough Why? road. Because Braves have the bye, right? Right. So if you get that third wild card spot, it might not be the worst thing for the Marlins. No, and I don't. I don't see them unless the Giants really fall off. I don't see them or the Phillies competing. Yeah, the Phillies. I don't think are going anywhere. I think they're going to be the top wild card. I don't. I don't know unless the Giants fall off and all of a sudden they go on a slide and they start dropping back. And as far as the Marlins. I, if, if you're the Marlins, I think you'd rather have that third yep. wild card. Even though you do play Philadelphia well, I mean, you're going to fa- – I mean, the pitching in that three-game series is going to be huge. And if Sandy can continue to do what he's doing now, I think that's great. And then you have to – if Perez is there, he's probably your number two guy. And then you figure out who your number three if it does go to that third game. So because of the wild card uh, added spot and also the first round by – so this is how it would work, folks. The three and six would play – that wild card spot that we're alluding to right now it would be the Milwaukee Brewers were the number three seed they would play the Chicago Cubs and then you would have the Phillies and the Giants and then obviously the Braves and the Dodgers have that bye but if you're just you know you want to get in no matter what but it couldn't be the worst situation if the Marlins get in that last wild card spot. so when we come back from San Diego the Marlins will play 16 of the remaining however many games against the Washington Nationals the Mets and the Phillies. Hmm. That's a lot of divisional games. That's an opportunity. They have an opportunity. If they handle their business and win some games, they're going to have a chance to go to the playoff. If they're going to get a version of that Sandy down the stretch, what is it? We're in August. It's August 13th, so he's going to make another three or four starts this month. He's probably got ten more starts left, nine to ten starts. It's amazing if to me If they win that- eight of those games, let's do some quick bath. If they even win eight of Sandy's, let's say, final ten starts, that's 69 wins. Find a way to another 15 to, man, I don't know. I'm at this juncture where I'm I'm schedule hunting here and finding those wins to see. I think 86 is the magic number to For get the to Marlins? the postseason. Okay. 86? I think 86 okay. in the National League gets you into the playoffs. It, am- it amazes me with Sandy real quick, and then we can put a bow on him, that his sinker was at 99 in, like, the ninth inning. It's amazing to me that his velocity increases as the game goes on. And uh, the fact that he has three complete games this season, which leads all of Major League Baseball. Especially in his considering the way year, he started. Yeah. Right? It's, in, it's incredible the way that when you really just take that, what is it, that 30,000 look above. 30,000 foot view, yeah. Sandy's had, I mean, how would you describe his year? I think that's a good topic right now. Who, how would you describe Sandy Alcantara's 2023 in one word for the both of you? One word? One word. 
Can I put roller coaster together? Yes. Okay. Isn't that one word? No. Yeah, no? Thought, it's no. hyphenated. Is it? Roller coaster? Yes, sir. Let me double check that. Okay. I would say fair. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's two words. I would. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I did check. I, I, did, I didn't. I thought roller coaster was one word. He's had 24 starts, and out of the 24, six good ones? Seven good ones? Yeah. If he gives them eight to ten good ones down the stretch, yeah. might win eight, nine of those games or something. Next team he gets is the Dodgers next Friday. Yeah. I don't know what goes on when we go out there, but he can't win there. It's a I don't know what really? happens when he goes to Los Angeles. The it's thing of it is is that <clears throat> Sandy is now turning his season around, so now you're going to look at it and everybody's going to forget probably the first half if he continues to throw like he did yesterday. Now he's going to face some tough teams going forward, and you just mentioned the Dodgers. He, It's everybody behind him now. You know, you look at Lazardo yesterday. Uh, you know, you have Perez making his second start, Braxton Garrett. These guys now are going to have to pick up the slack behind yeah. them. Yep. You know that because now you have a bullpen. Again, you know, you've used them so much. You don't want them getting exhausted at the time that you need them. And you're going to need length from some of these guys. You're, not, you're probably not going to get it from Garrett. I mean, he's going to face tough teams, too. I mean, his next, next opponent is the Astros. And then yep. he probably sees the Dodgers as well, right? right. Yeah. I want to get into the Astros, too. I think this is the homestand of the mental toughness. I think that this psychologically for the Marlins can do them a lot of good or do them a lot of bad. If you beat the Yankees two out of three, and I don't care what the record is, still the big bad Yankees. You still have 30,000 plus here at Lone Depot Park. If you can somehow figure out a way to take two out of three against Houston, I think that could be, you look at a season and you look at some of the incremental growth and the baby step that you need to take to get to the playoffs, right? And I think that the Marlins have passed multiple tests. They went out and they bought. You see Sandy Alcantara with a huge boost. I think this could be the homestand of mental toughness and if they can take two out of three against the defending champions, you go out to the West Coast feeling a little bit differently, I think. I think you're probably right. I'm going to let Nelly answer that because I think we make a much bigger deal out of that mental toughness thing than they do. I think yeah, they go me, out there. Yeah, Nelly. I think they go out there and give it their all they for two and a half hours, is. and it is what it is you, what if you, they yeah, win or lose. It's know. a bad cliche, but, again, it's game by game. And, you know, it's, it's tough because everybody doesn't want to hear that, but that's the way athletes think, and that's the way baseball players have to think. They can't look, okay, we have to win today because we have the Astros coming in. You have to concentrate on today, and you have to win. And even Skip has said it many a times when everybody's asked him questions about different relievers yep. used, or oh. he says, we got to win today. I mean, that's the only thing we can focus on. Yesterday, they had to win that game, knowing that, you know, and, that, and they don't think about that. They just think, hey, we have to do whatever we can to win today, and then we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. You have the Astros. The Astros are fighting the Texas Rangers for the, for the West. You know, and again, whoever wins that division is getting a bye. And that bye it's is huge because yep. anything can happen in a two out of three series. Yep. So they want to win. They're, right now, <clears throat> excuse me, the Dodgers, the Braves and the Astros are probably the two best teams in baseball. And the Astros are healthy and they have one of the best offenses in baseball. And it's tough. I mean, you can't look towards that series. You just have to hope you win two out of three against it. it against a, probably the Cy Young Award winner in the American League, and that's Garrett Cole. You know who will be joining us for that Astro Series right here on Marlins Radio and will also be performing the national anthem on guitar? My ex-teammate. Bernie Williams. Nelly. 
kind of guy is he and some oh. of your favorite memories? Oh, he's a tremendous guy. You know, he. everybody call, talks about the core four with the Yankees as far as, okay, they won in 2009. Everybody, you had Posada, Jeter, Pettit, and Rivera, the core four that won the four that I was with them, and then they won in 09. Now, Bernie wasn't there in 09 when, when the Yankees won. Mm. He is just as instrumental on those World Series teams as anyone. Why? He, he was a tremendous center fielder, covered a boatload of ground. And Paul O'Neill, Paul O'Neill's a really good outfielder, but doesn't have a lot of range. So as soon as it's hitting that right field gap, right center field gap, he's looking to his right and say, Bernie, pick me up. I mean, he runs like a deer. Probably one of the best switch hitters in baseball. I mean, this guy was a tremendous hitter. He's a great player, man. And as far as postseason, I mean, that's the thing. When, when you get into postseason, everybody, you know, when you see MVPs or, or guys that had great regular seasons all of a sudden they get into the postseason and they struggle, one of the main reasons is they try to make that that game bigger or that the postseason bigger than the regular season, sure. you can't do it. You, you cannot make any game bigger than the other. And going into the postseason, you can't be any greater than you were during the regular season. You can't all of a sudden, hey, i got to step up my game. No, be the same guy. You know, even though all eyes are on you, more eyes are on you, be the same guy. And those Yankee teams, they were all the same guy. Everybody knew that – Hey, just because we're in the Division Series or the World Series, we can't be any better than we were during the regular season. Try not to be better. And, and he was that type of player, and, you know, he had some huge hits. And I think as far as home runs and average, he's got to be one or two or three in postseason homers. I mean, the, the guy was just amazing. He and played you'll 25 see. postseason series and 121 postseason games, which is laugh-out-loud funny in and of itself. Right. He hit 22 bombs, drove in 80 with a 275 average and a 371 OBP. That's a season. In his first-ever postseason, I'm sorry, his second in 96, he had 474. He was the American League Championship Series MVP. I mean, that's unbelievable. Five-time All-Star. Again. He played a season's worth of postseason yeah. baseball. Yeah. And he went right right when he retired, he went to Juilliard, and he was a great musician anyway, but he wanted to learn the history of music, graduated from Juilliard, and is a fantastic jazz guitar player. I've seen him many a times, uh, one of my favorite, most favorite teammates, and, you, you know, you guys will love him. I mean, he, he, you don't need an interpreter. He speaks great English. I mean, he's from Puerto Rico. I played against him in winter ball. I mean, he was just, uh, he's just a tremendous person. He's a great guy. You guys won all four World Series together? Yeah, you were there for so all four. So cool. All four. I played against him in the minor leagues. You know, he was, uh, I remember him when, when I was in double-A with Seattle in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. He was in Albany and Buck Showalter. They had a big league team back then. I think three-quarters of the team went to the big leagues, you know, and he was part of that. And he was, uh, he was an amazing athlete back then. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 